Welcome back to another edition of Be The Change Georgia, brought to you by Be Local Georgia. I'm Nathan Stuck, and I'm passionate about amplifying the voices of the amazing leaders surrounding the B Corp community in the Southeast who are showing how making a profit and making a difference aren't mutually exclusive ideas. Today, there are more than 4,000 B Corps across 75 countries and 150 industries, unified by one common goal, transforming the global economy to benefit all people, communities, and the planet. If you want to learn how to plug into our purpose-driven business community alongside the inspiring leaders we feature on this show, check us out at BeLocalGeorgia.com, and we'll hope to meet you at our next event. How can individuals and businesses turn food waste and food scraps into a healthier planet? Today, we'll have the opportunity to learn from David Paul, the co-founder and chief impact officer at Compost Now. With over a decade of experience in food systems work and social entrepreneurship, David has been a key player in the Atlantic community, including serving as a commissioner on the East Point Local Food System Ecosystem Commission, and as a board member on the South Face Institute's Board of Directors. In this conversation, we'll explore David's journey into the world of composting, the importance of regenerating soil health, and the significant role Compost Now plays across the Southeast in creating a closed loop system to tackle food waste and improve agriculture practices. Stay tuned to hear David's story and to learn all about the environmental impact of composting and even pick up some tips for our home composters out there. Without further ado, let's jump right into the episode. David Paul, welcome to the Be The Change Georgia podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Glad to have you on. It's been a long uh, a long journey from the first meeting. What was that, lad? Uh, would have been early. I guess fall semester 2022 at Emory. It has. Yeah, it's been a, a long winding road, but we're happy to, you know, be an official B Corp now and excited to be a part of the larger B Corp community. And you're not in a, what were you in a boot or a shoulder sling or something last time I saw you? You just had surgery? I was, yeah. That was a, a tough, tough class to get through. I had, uh, yeah, just come off of rotator cuff surgery. So it was very painful, but you made it. Got to keep made doing it. the good work. And, and your punishment was Nathan's guest lecturing about B Corps. Wow. Uh, <laughs> commendable that you made it through. Um, well, we're here on the other side, and I'm excited to talk about the unpack the journey and unpack everything compost now and uh, just share share some knowledge with the listeners, too. I'm always excited. I'm always excited for these types of conversations because I get to learn. And today I get to learn about one of the things I'm already very, well, at least in the backyard, I'm very passionate about, which is... Uh, turning things back into dirt. So um, what what initially drew you to the world of composting? Was there something in your upbringing? Like, how did you just like discover this passion? Like, you know what I want to do for, for the rest of, for the rest of my life is, is, is uh, turn waste into dirt. How, how did you, how'd you get into this field? Yeah, I, I grew up in a rural community in Wisconsin and that rural community was surrounded by agriculture. Uh, I had friends and family that were involved in the business, and I was exposed to, I think, just in general, sustainable systems at a small scale. And as I went out into the world as a young adult, I was looking for other communities that looked similar, that had some of the same systems and processes. And I, it was strugg- I was struggling to find that. I was struggling to find communities that had the elements of uh, sustainable food systems and other uh, things like, you know, strong education systems and good urban planning. 
So it was, it was a, a myriad of those interests that led me to learning about compost and compost being uh, a really simple act that everyone can do that actually has a pretty profound impact on both our environment and our public health. So it, it became this sort of silver bullet solution that, you know, I went all in on. And I wouldn't say that when I started it, I had any inclination that it would become my life's work. But, uh, you know, how many of us really do know when we're just following a passion? Yeah, no, it's uh, the old adage, like you're where you're supposed to be. And apparently you were supposed to be playing with dirt. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I We had a family friend that called me Digger Dave growing up. So I guess that was a pro- prophetic name. It is. It is a fun. I mean, I enjoy it as a hobby. It's one of my, one of my again, one of those things where you're like, I never thought that I would like. I love when the steam comes out when you turn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but talk more about, uh, I mean, you talked a little bit about soil and soil health, but talk a little bit more about like the importance of composting with regards to soil health. Uh, and I, I'm going to I'm probably butchering the soil longevity, but also the impact on, uh, healthy food and quality of food as well. Yeah. I think I'll just, I'll start by just trying to frame the problem a little bit more. And that is something that connects all of us. We all eat, uh, we all have food waste from eating. Uh, You know, if you go out to eat, you come home, you have leftovers, you know, some of those leftovers might not get eaten. So they're going to go to waste. Um, When you're prepping food, you're chopping up, you know, vegetables for dinner, you're peeling a banana in the morning, there's always going to be food scraps in some form or fashion. So that is actually, you know, the predominant model of what happens of food scraps now is that they go to a landfill and in the landfill there, the conditions that the food scraps kind of sit in is without oxygen and without oxygen, they can't break down so that they end up releasing methane gas into the, the atmosphere. Landfills have become the third largest emitter of methane emissions in the United States. So it is, a, you know, it's a significant problem because methane emissions are many times more potent than carbon dioxide. So from an emission standpoint, which you hear a lot about, uh, we've got to, you know, reduce the amount of, uh, of those emissions going into our atmosphere. So we can make a big impact and dent in that just by solving the food waste issue. The other half of that problem is the agricultural piece. And that is, you know, where we've developed as a country we've developed and world, we've developed the most efficient industrial agricultural system ever uh, in the history of mankind. The problem, though, is that, you know, that efficiency is, is really good at growing crops, pulling nutrients out of the ground, but not putting those nutrients back in the ground. So again, we have a linear system of how our food gets produced and consumed and then discarded. And really our solution and, you know, the solution of composting in its simplest form is a, is a cycle. It's a closed loop system. Well, and you think like, I mean, that's, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like 1930s Dust Bowl, all of that is basically the way we do agriculture. And that's what, that's what happens when you, you pull the nutrients out. The soil is pretty much worthless. Yeah. It's it, the industrial ag cl- complex really has considered soil as just a structural element to the process of growing food and not necessarily this living system that needs to be stewarded and, uh, and not even accounting for 
the holistic effects that soil has on a myriad of other things, such as like carbon. You know, we talked so much about in the conversation around climate, we talk so much about carbon and, uh, you know, there's five key areas that carbon is stored in our atmosphere and soil is one of the key areas, but soil that is lifeless from, you know, years of, of monoculture, the same crop being grown in the same spot over and over and over that kind of industrial intensive use of soil over time uh, renders that soil lifeless and lifeless soil can't store carbon. Lifeless soil can't draw down carbon into, uh, into the, the soil and, and feed the, you know, microorganisms that exist there. So it is a very connected and, and enormous problem. And I think that's part of why compost now, you know, it continues to grow so steadily is that the problem is big and there's a lot of demand on, on many sides of the problem. That's interesting. And you, since you started the business, well, you started a business and it's become compost now, you've done just about everything, um, including being Digger Dave. Um, I can't <laughs> get over it. I'm going to, oh, that's your nickname from now on. Um, but how has, how has, you know, I mean, really from the very beginning, how is doing every role in the business, you know, from the get go, how has that helped you? I want to say both evolve as a leader and also probably, I don't know if the terms leadership clout or, or respect, but as you've grown now and you have, you have, you know, layers of leadership below you and you have teams out there actually doing the turning and, and doing some of these things, how has, how has that, you know, that beginning, that humble beginning for you helped you as a leader and helped you evolve as a leader? Yeah, I think there's really no replacement for getting your hands dirty and doing the work yourself to understand it deeply. Uh, so I would say that first and foremost, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in all aspects of the business just because of the necessity. You know, when you're small, you're trying to put everything together and you're trying to make it happen. And there's there's not enough, uh, you know, human capital and resources to spread the work across in the beginning. So you, you know, you just do it and you're passionate about it. So the long hours just, you know, they fuel you versus take something out of you. Uh, and I, I think at this point, I would say the, having that front lines experience for as long as I, I have had it has translated into empathy as a leader and just knowing what our team is going through. And being able to have conversations with our team about their day to day and that not feel like a distant conversation, but a very like, yeah, I know it's hard work and I know the reality of this work. And I have, you know, deep appreciation and respect that you're choosing to do this. Yeah, it's the old adage, uh, don't ask your team to do anything you're not willing to do. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The fact that you've done it, I'm sure helps when things need to get done. Um, and probably also helps if you, if you need to jump back in and do it. Um, now that you're, now that you have a fresh repaired rotator cuff. <laughs> exactly. Ready to get back in there. You can be a hundred percent digger Dave again. <laughs> <laughs> Both hands digging. Yes. Um, and when we first met, obviously we were in Brian Goebel's class at Emory um it was class b local georgia i don't want to say help launch but we kind of supported brian and we've kind of been a knowledge resource for him so you were the the b corp class project last fall in brian's class so talk to us about you know from a leadership perspective you know an executive perspective company direction perspective strategic direction whatever you want to say 
why pursue B Corp certification? Why was it important? And 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 ultimately, like what what made that decision for Compost Now? B Corp, I think, is a a badge of honor. You know, it's a third party certification. It is a uh, you know, it is a recognition of good work that's being done and the not just the recognition of it but the verification of it and we've been doing good work for a long time so just because we are now a b corp you know and many other companies that are doing good work that are not b corps you know i don't think it it doesn't take b corp to do good work but i think we got to a place as a business over several years of you know feeling like we were living out our values and trying to truly build a good company and we were looking to be the be impact assessment tool as a way to guide some of the developments of the business so we were we were following along with that and got to the point where we felt the business had matured had the systems and the process processes to support something as intensive as as b corp and we had the resources as a team to execute on becoming certified. So I think that's really where the the decision points all lined up to say, let's do this. And, you know, I had met with Brian and at Emory and we had a conversation about uh, the learning lab that they had going and the opportunity that there could be for their students to support Compost Now. So it was really just the culmination of all those things at, at once lining up to make sense. And why, I mean, obviously, and it's one of my favorite parts about Be Local Georgia is we've created this, our communities create this ecosystem. I have a consulting company. We have, you know, classes at UGA, Emory, hopefully expanding beyond that soon. Why work with students? Why not just say, hey, it would be more efficient, quicker, cost us a, a little bit, but why not just hire a consulting company? Why the desire to want to work with 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 students and, and, and work with that next generation of, of, I guess, sustainability leaders? Yeah, I think you already alluded to it a little bit in your question. That is just the opportunity to bring students along uh, uh, to into the effort of what it means to create business that is a multi-stakeholder effort and not looking at the lens of uh, business just through profit uh, and shareholder. Uh, and I, so I think we that is a value that we've had across Compost now for a long time. We've spent a lot of time over the years, educating students of all ages, of all kind of uh, different types of groups and stakeholders around what we're doing and why it's important and connecting that to the greater community. So I think for this, it was no different. It was a great opportunity for us to extend the learning experience to the students at Emory to get assistance. We needed that. And uh, yeah, try to hit, just hit more birds with one stone uh, in the impacts. How did they, I mean, how did they help? I mean, for somebody who hasn't been through like something like Emory or the, you know, I teach class at UGA for somebody who hasn't been through that process. Like how do the students help? What sort of resources did they give you? Like, cause we didn't finish at the end of the semester. You guys still had work to go once the semester ended and the students are gone and you're kind of left on your own. How did they help kind of advance that and, you know, give you the foundation of what you needed to finish the certification um, but also, you know, throughout the semester, what, what, what benefits were there in working with them beyond the obvious of, you know, introducing this next generation to, um, mm -hmm. a different type of capitalism. 
Yeah, I think it's like having a group of of project managers that can help you along the way. So each student had kind of an area that uh, a specific area of the B Corp process that they took on and became their own kind of specific experts within that part of the assessment and understanding, uh, you know, what was needed and, and what we had to pull together for that. So it was, it was just like having a project manager kind of group helping along you along and then we had our own internal project management of of it as well and that required a lot of in, of internal data gathering uh some creation of new policies and procedures uh even you know legal charter amendments to the incorporation of compost now so there was a lot of detail that had to be gathered and the students really helped organize that detail that's amazing. You mentioned it in, in your first answer about why the students and everything, but y- you guys were already a really, you know, I love saying like you guys were already a B Corp. You just didn't know it yet. Um, but obviously there were still improvements that needed to be made or, or, or sometimes it's formalization of, of things that we just kind of, uh, I always make the, the allusion to when I worked at, at, at Victorium was, you know, our, our PTO policy was telling the boss that you weren't going to be there. <laughs> So like some of the the processes, improvements, you know, ways you the standard operating procedures, what were some of the ways that you guys did get better as a company through this process? The business has continued to to mature and and evolve and grow. You know, we're we were founded in 2011, so we're over a decade into this work uh along that path of maturity. There are inflection points where just like you're saying just by the fact that the business is larger, there are more people in it. There, you know, there are almost a hundred people, full-time employees that work for Compost now. So the 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 level of uh, clarity around systems, processes, policies just has to continue to get better and better and more efficient and tighter. Uh, so I would put becoming a B Corp in the category of along that effort of just professionalizing the business. Uh, and the other thing I'd say about that is both to our internal and external stakeholders, it's a lot easier to know the goodness of an effort when it's smaller because you have just so much, so much more proximity to it. As it gets bigger, that proximity becomes less. Your customers don't know they don't, I don't know all my, our customers anymore. I don't know all of our team members on a, you know, intimate level any, anymore. So how can they, you know, have faith and trust that the business is along a a path of integrity and B Corp, I think is a a strong way of doing that. That's, that's, I mean, that's an amazing words of wisdom that anybody like starting a business because you forget about that. Yeah. You know, at the very beginning, you know, every single client, you know, who they, you know, you know, where they live, you know what they do. I mean, you told, you, you told me in previous talks that like, uh, conversations about like, you know, basically walking around collecting the compost yourself, like you were, and then you get to a point where, yeah, I, I was in Asheville visiting a friend and, you know, you're driving and leaving her house to drive back to Athens and there's the compost now signs in the yard. Like it's, it's pretty interesting to think about that of like, yeah, how do we maintain the same integrity I had when I was literally going around picking up compost to the point now where we have more customers than I can count. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, before we get into like, I, I kind of want to unpack some composting tips just for the for the for the home composter. But 
before we do that too, like what markets are you guys currently in? Are there any plans to expand and how, if I'm interested in compost now services, how do I, how do I do them? And, and also too, like, I think if you, if you can touch on a little bit too, expanding on the difference between some of the things that you can compost, you know, for the guy, you know, like me or the gal or whoever wants to home compost, there's certain things that you can't compost. So what are the differences? And I don't know, I was, a, that was like 16 questions in one. <laughs> yeah. So compost now operates across four different markets uh, or five different markets in four different states. So the four states that we operate in are Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Ohio. And the markets that we're in are Cincinnati, Ohio, the Research Triangle in North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, and Atlanta, Georgia. So those are the primary markets that we serve. Uh, each one of those markets has a bit of a different service offering, uh, meaning in the major markets like Atlanta and the Research Triangle, we offer our full suite of services, which is our compost collection service from both residential and commercial clients. That can be single family customer all the way up to uh, stadiums, sports stadiums, event centers, universities, things like that. So that runs a, a big spectrum of, of different customers and, and just quantity of material being collected. And then also compost processing. Once you collect the material, you've got to compost it. Uh, so we run our own composting facility in, in the Atlanta market. And then we partner with third-party processors in all of our other markets. Uh, the materials that you can compost with compost now are broader than what you can compost in your backyard. The reason being the scale of our systems are much larger than obviously your backyard system. And we're able to, because of that scale, the mass of the amount of material that we have, we're able to hit high temperatures. Uh, and those high temperatures are coming from the microorganisms that are working through the material. We're able to hit those high temperatures quickly and high temperatures can break down things like protein. So we're able to take meat, we're able to take dairy products, uh, we're able to take compostable packaging. So if you went and got takeout from a restaurant, that's you know a sustainable operation. They're probably serve, serving that in compostable food servicing pack, packaging. So those types of materials, pizza boxes, all of that can break down in our systems. You know, in a backyard pile, you can't break down all of that. You've got to be a little bit more selective of what you're putting into it. Otherwise, you're going to have a you know miniature landfill tracking animals. I did. Uh, yeah, I learned that lesson the hard way with uh, with the compostable clamshells. Where you're like, nope, not happening. Yeah, not not happening compost. Um, and then for the person who does just want to compost at home, like how what what tips do you have? I mean, how 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 often should I be turning it? Um, what am I? You know, I mean, because I think there's differences too. I mean, my old house, I used to have, a, I had trenches, I had all kinds of fun stuff going, and now I just have one of the the black barrel composters. But what are some tips for people who maybe at least just to get started on that, like you know, the home personal sustainability journey, what tips would you give them? Yeah, I think the best advice that I have is to, uh, you know, get your hands dirty with the process and build a system where you can actually interact with it. And, you know, what I mean by that is the black barrel systems are a little bit harder to be precise with because you can't actually see into them. And if you're not like a, you know, advanced composter, there are different levels of of this journey that you can be on and every level is is wonderful uh 
but really that basic level, I think is, you know, get, you can make a, a bin system out of chicken wire, you know, and some metal stakes, you can make it out of pallets, you can, there's so many DIY uh, compost systems that you can look into. But again, the main point is that you can see the pile. Uh, seeing the pile is important because that you can start to see what's actually happening in it. So composting is, you know, that mixture of art and science. So it's observation and it's understanding the basics of the ingredients that you need to put, put together. And that's your brown material and your green material, green material being your vegetative, you know, if it green, if it grows, it goes kind of material, the brown material being the woody material. So the wood chips, uh, leaves, you know, grass clippings that have dried out that type of material combined with the 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 food material in the right ratios breaks down uh don't get too caught up in the like right ratios just build it like a lasagna so one layer of your browns one layer of your greens one layer of your browns one layer of your greens just keep building those layers and you know you just because you're one home one individual or a family you probably don't have enough material to build a full pile right away so you're going to be intermittently putting the material in there. And I would just say to that, make sure you're always covering the food scraps when you put it in. So whenever you put the food scraps in, you're throwing a, a, a shovel of wood chips over it or a sprinkle of grass clippings or leaves. Uh, that way you're continuing to build that lasagna. And you'll visually see that it breaks down over time. It might not, You might not be super active with it, but you'll see the process. And as you become more of an expert, you can dive deeper into it. That was brilliant. Yeah, no, you've inspired me now too because I, I I hate the black barrel. Um, I miss <laughs> I miss going out and literally with a pitchfork or a shovel and turning it like once a week and all the fun stuff and seeing the steam rise and yeah. like when you put you know the grass clippings on top and you can you can feel the heat radiating. It's uh, I'm nerding out a little bit, but I'm probably nerding out with the right person. Um, <laughs> but it's a it's a fun and now I'm like sitting here I'm literally looking out at my backyard like where do I need to put that next year. So I think I've got a spring project. So I appreciate the inspiration. Nice. What other, I mean, we're, we're almost at time here, but like what other, you know, what, what last tips or, or advice or words of wisdom or question I didn't ask do you, do you want to touch on before, before we uh, say goodbye to our audience? I think I would just part with the, the wisdom that there's so many ways that we as individual consumers can make an impact. Uh, and you know, we can do that through the products that we choose to buy. We can do that through the services that we choose to use. Uh, we can be aware of how much water we're using. You know, there's so many different pathways to making an impact from an environmental and sustainability standpoint. Uh, composting, in my humble opinion, is one of the most impactful things that we as individuals can do. And the reason goes back to what I said in the beginning, that the act of cycling our food scraps into our soils leads to healthier soils lead to healthier food and healthier food leads to healthier people. So it is just this one small act of cycling food scraps back into our food system that everyone can do and can do it with a service, can do it in their backyard, can do it with a community garden down the street. So that would be my parting advice is get composting. Get composting. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm, I'm excited that you guys finally 
Cross, even though technically, I guess you don't belong to B local Georgia, you, you're B local triangle based on headquarters, but we're counting you here in Georgia. Um, and also too, I was thinking, I was like, Oh yeah, I know everybody in the Southern Ohio B Corp community in Cincinnati too. So we'll have to get you connected there and oh, plugged cool. in. Yeah. So, um, just amazing. I'm, I mean, again, as we create this ecosystem where we can, we can offer just about everything that is B Corp certified and, and change, changing the world one, one pile of, 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 food waste at a time um it's it's good to have you and i'm, I'm glad we met and thanks for coming on and, and sharing not only the story and and the compost now story and journey but just kind of the uh i love that last little bit too we can we can all do something no matter how daunting the problem we can all do a little thing every day um, to make the world a better place definitely thanks for the conversation Well, that wraps up another edition of Be The Change Georgia. We're grateful as always for the opportunity to serve you with this content and grow this incredible community of purpose-driven B Corp leaders. If you haven't already, we would be grateful for you to rate the show wherever you get your podcast by simply tapping the number of stars you think it deserves and sharing it with a friend. This helps us get the word out and continue to use our collective influence as a force for good. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening and now go be a leader worth following.